0: Hi everyone, I'm Cheryl McNeil Fisher. Dr. Kathy King and I want you to know you are important to us. We are thrilled that you're here with us today for another episode of Writing Works Wonders.
1: Welcome to Writing Works Wonders. We're so pleased you're with us for this exceptional panel discussion about writing for publication. We're so pleased to have this panel of editors to share with us and represent their different publications in our community. This is a great opportunity to learn about the submission and publication process, as well as how to get our work published now. Get ready for another episode full of information, laughter, and new ideas for readers and writers. So beam me up, Scotty. It's time to supercharge our publication opportunities with our tremendous panel of editors. I'm Dr. Kathy King, and I'm so pleased to introduce you to my fabulous co-host, Cheryl McNeil Fisher. (laughs) Thanks, Kathy. Hi, everybody.
0: I'm so glad you're all here with us today. So let's get started.
1: We're so pleased to be able to introduce all of you to our panel of editors. We have Sharon Lovering from ACB, the American Council of the Blind, and she currently is serving as editor for Dots and Dashes and the Braille Forum. Hello, Sharon. Good to have you with us today. Good to be here. Thank you, Sharon. And where are you signing in from?
2: I'm in Alexandria, Virginia at the ACB National Office. Ah,
1: terrific. Thank you. Next, we have Sally Benjamin, who's editor of the Florida Council of the Blind's award-winning White Cane Bulletin newsletter. Hello, Sally, and thank you for being here. Hello. I'm glad to be here. Great. And where are you in Florida, Sally? I am in
3: Tallahassee, Florida, the capital of Florida.
1: Yes, indeed. My mother-in-law was a Tallahassee lassie. (laughs) And our third panelist is Patty Cox, president of the Council of Citizens with Low Vision International, otherwise known as CCLVI. And she is representing their newsletter, Vision Access. Welcome, Patty. To writing Works Wonders. Thank you. We're very happy Glad to, to have here. you with us. Now, let me think if I can remember where you are geographically, Patty. Could it be Louisville?
4: Uh, yes, it's Louisville, Kentucky. <laughs>
1: Yeah, see, I can never say it right. I knew I had to have you say that. We're so pleased to have all of you with us. This is a great opportunity for our writers and those that are listening on the stream and by podcast. And we hope it's a great opportunity for all of your publications as well. For our first question, I'm going to ask each of you to respond in in order. But the basic question is this. Could you share what qualifications, if any, people need in order to submit their work for consideration of publication. What qualifications do they need, Sharon, for yours? Would you lead us off? Certainly. They need to focus exclusively
2: on what they're writing about and not go off on all sorts of different tangents. No specific credentials per se, just have a story to share and enjoy writing about it so that others can enjoy reading it. Thank you, Sharon.
1: Patty, what would you say about that? What credentials do they need?
4: They really don't have to have any credentials because we're happy to review all of the writing submissions. And we have some great editors who can help with fixing the articles grammatically. We want you to keep in mind that we do print vision access. Our members receive it the first month, and then we do post it on our website the next month. So there's one month for our members to read it first.
1: So it's publicly available online for the whole world to see, is what you're telling us, Pat. Yes. And Sally, what would you say regarding this question? Any credentials required?
3: There's not any real credentials as long as the article doesn't have profanity in it or something like that. We like Anything, poems. We'd like to start a recipe corner again. Some people are just great writers and can just come up with amazing things. Our newsletter is only every other month, it
1: comes out in January, March, May, like that. Thank you, Sally. So, what I wanted to do was make it very clear to everybody that's listening that you do not have to be a previously published author to submit your work. As several of our editors mentioned, interest, dedication to what you're writing about and willing to have it edited if it needs to be edited. That is the opportunity that's presented here in this session today. And so thank you folks for sharing that from each of your perspectives. My next question segues so very well with what Sally was talking about. And it's what type of submissions do you need for your newsletters? Sharon, right now, I understand you're representing editorship of Dots and Dashes in addition to the Braille Forum. What types of articles and submissions are you looking for for these publications?
2: Okay, for Dots and Dashes, it's more of a short news of interest that we include links to larger versions of the, the article that would interest our members. In the last one, we included where to go to register for the leadership conference, among other things. And it had the link that took you right to the page to register. All sorts of different news snippets, etc. For the forum, we can take longer articles. I'm currently working on the April e-forum, which was mostly written by the Multicultural Affairs Committee. There's some good articles going to come out in the April issue. So watch for it. For the May issue... Uh, We'll be determining the theme at our next Board of Publications meeting next week. The deadline for May will be March 25th. The June eForum is going to focus on the convention. The deadline for that one will be April 25th. For July, oh my goodness, pass me a shoehorn. I've got a lot of backlog articles that I want to include in that, plus any others anybody would like to send me. Deadline for that, the July issue will be May 23rd. The August E-Forum is going to be written mostly by independent visually impaired entrepreneurs. And -hmm. the deadline for that one will be June
1: 24th. Okay, so just a couple of follow-up questions there. Mm-hmm. For those less familiar with the terminology, what is the e-forum? The e-forum
2: is the electronic edition of the Braille Forum. It comes out in the
1: even numbered months. Just wanted to clarify that because it's a term we use in the community but everybody's I'm sure is not familiar with it. And it sounds like if I understand it right, dots and dashes is maybe more of a what we would call a digest or snippet? Yes of announcements and then it leads to longer articles, right? Correct. Yes. Thank you for that. That's very helpful to get that snapshot perspective. Patty, could you tell us what kind of specific topics
4: that get published in vision access or what types of articles you're seeking? We publish most articles that are written for those with low vision. The more real life things happening, if people could write about they had an experience having trouble doing something or how they overcame the obstacle using their low vision. But we Mm -hmm. take any article and those would need to be submitted 15th of the month. We print vision access on the even numbered months. So it would be the 15th on the odd number months.
1: You might have some people asking if you're open to uh, creative writing or poems or things like that that are also on topics related to life experience. Is there an openness to that or only Uh,
4: strictly prose? We're open to that. Uh, In fact, in this last issue, we did have a poem in there, so it could be anything.
1: Thank you. Thank you very much, Patty. And Sally, what do we need to know about articles to be submitted for Florida's White Cane? You said that you're talking about restarting the recipe column. What other sort of topics? We
3: just also started a book review column where people can write a review on a book they've read and then also we do ha- have chapter news for our chapters to, you know, submit articles on what they're doing or what's going on in their, their corner of Florida. Um, we, we just are, you know, it's amazing, but um, we don't turn down very few articles. So again, would you be open to creative
1: rating as well?
3: Yes. The one that's fixing to come out in the first of March it has a poem in there that someone wrote about their blindness, um, which is really, really interesting to me.
1: Thank you so much. You folks have just been so helpful. Over to you, Cheryl. Thank you. Sharon, why
0: is it beneficial for writers at any level to be published in
2: newsletters or online magazines? It gives them a foot in the door, so to speak, to get the word out about who they are and the writing they can do. And because it's always interesting to hear from new authors. For a while, I would hear from all the uh, old familiar faces and voices. And sometimes I would long for something new to come in by somebody different. And eventually, articles just come, came in and by all sorts of different authors. It gives the magazine variety. It adds a little color. And it's always interesting to hear from people from different parts of the country. Sounds like you've got quite a bit going on with
0: different issues right now. So that's great. Yes. (laughs) Thank you. But if someone submitted, it could be held and maybe submitted...
2: Three or four months down the line, correct? Correct. Okay, good. That's what it we. It just, just all depends on how much space I have and right. whether I've got time-sensitive pieces that just have to go. Right, Sally. How do people submit to you? Where
3: does the submission go to? It comes to my email, which is s a l b e n j a m i n six zero at gmail.com, and it has to be in to me by the 15th of the month before it's published. If you cannot write for some reason, you can call and dictate it, and I will type it up and read it to you and make sure it's what you want.
0: Thank you. And we'll have information in the show notes and up on our website, and Sally, if someone submits for this March issue but it's not going to work with this issue but might work in April, is it something you would hold on to for a future issue possibly? Yes. Good. Thank you. Patty, hello, hello. How or where do people submit their article or poem, their writing for their submission?
4: I would like to add on to what Sharon said and that is this is how we get to know some people. Because Mm -hmm. they don't get on calls, but they feel that they can write. And they can send an email to cclvivisionaccess at gmail.com. That goes to our editor, Melanie Atsunui. You can also go to our website and get that information, which is cclvi.org cclvi.info.
0: Thanks. And with Vision Access, if someone submits it and it's not going to work or fit in the upcoming issue, will they let the people know they're holding on to it for a possible issue later on?
4: Yes, we we always hold all articles and fit them in as we can. We do try to stay at a 20-page limit. Mm-hmm. So, if it's not in one issue, it'll be in another.
1: Thanks, Patty. Appreciate that, Kathy. Before we go to questions, could each of you share your website? Most of you have shared your email address, and please know that we will post these in the show notes. So, in about two weeks, when this recording is up on our website, the email addresses and websites will all be posted with the recording. Um, let's start with. We'll just go through it again. So, if anybody's interested, they can jot these down. Um, Sally, again. Your email address and the website for your newsletter. It's Sal,
3: S A L, Benjamin, my last name, B E N J A M I N six zero at gmail.com. Our website is www.f as in Frank, C is in cat, B as in boy.org. And you can find it on there.
4: Patty, if you would like to submit an article, submit that to cclvivisionaccess at gmail.com. And our website is c-c-l-b-i.org or .info.
1: Sharon, your information? Okay.
2: The website is www.acb.org. And the email is s as in sam. L-O-V-E-R-I-N-G at acb.org.
1: Thank you so much for the great information you've been sharing. I expect that many of our participants have questions. And if you don't have enough questions, Cheryl and I are going to continue. But we think that you might have a lot of questions for these talented women. Chanel? We'll begin with Rebecca. Hi, everybody. Um, Thank you so much Patty and Sharon
0: and Sally for being here with us. Is there a word count for any of these uh, articles?
3: I don't really have a word count, so to speak. I can tell you I would prefer it to not be more than two pages
1: long. An 18-point font. Excuse me, that's about 500 words. Let's let's do a little bit of education here. One of the things that we have to do as writers, people submitting content to publications for consideration, is that we need to go to their websites and look at the publication and look under an area called author guidelines or submission guidelines. And it will be spelled out because there's different types of articles that different publications might have you submit. So a book review might be one length, whereas an announcement might have another word limitation, etc. So I think rather than trying to go through each individual, Cheryl, Um, We could direct people to check the websites for the submission guidelines would be most efficient. Yes.
0: Something to keep in line for all submissions, all Mm magazines, whatever you're submitting to.
1: That's what I meant about the education part of it is Mm -hmm. that as writers, we need to learn that the habit is to go through. And consequently, if you have questions, if it's not clear, feel free to email the editor. None of these yes. women would hesitate to answer your questions about the guidelines or word counts, etc. They'll be mm-hmm. happy to answer those questions.
0: In large print, that means 18 size font and it's 1.15 line spacing, which we will also put up on our site to remind you.
1: Very good. I hope that helps you. Next up, Ralph.
5: Right, I have a question for Sharon. Uh, the deadlines for articles seem to vary from month to month. It's been my experience. Most newsletters say if something is due in March, January 15th it is the deadline. If it's due in May, it'd be like March 15th. Is there a reason why the dates vary? Is it like the end of a week or you something of that nature? nature?
2: Yes, it's usually depending on the end of the week and whether there are any holidays that I have to work around. My date to get the magazine to the presses when it's a hard copy version is the 5th of the month. So for the April eForum, I'm aiming to have it up to Perkins for recording by
1: next Friday, which happens to be the 4th. Okay, thank you. Very good to understand the background there behind... Um, the dates that are posted. Next, we have Diana Noriega.
6: I wanted to thank all of you.
0: Um, I know you all for you're coming today to talk to this group. And I wanted to just say, keep up the good work because you all do excellent work.
7: Next, we go to Lisa G. Thank you. Um, I have a goal to be published this year. So I truly appreciate this call and all of our guests and the hosts. Thank you so much. So I've been writing for years and I've never been published. And Writing Works Wonders has provided me encouragement and an avenue to meet my goal. I'm in Toastmasters, visually impaired Toastmasters. I want to put a speech into a short story. Does anybody have any advice on that? Because it is a different animal because I have inflection, strong inflection on suspenseful moments. And it was about hiking with my guide dog. Thank you.
2: I'd be willing to take a look
7: at it. I've worked on it some, but I do need to polish it up more. I'm interested in anybody, if anybody else has any thoughts. Thank you, Sharon.
0: Mm
7: -hmm. Lisa, polish
0: it to what you think. And then when you submit it, these editors may have
1: suggestions how you can tweak it. I think this brings up another point that Cheryl mentioned, the submission process and that being aware, I, I kept using the phrase um, submitting for consideration of publication. There's a process that we go through when we submit work to these publication opportunities and that they get received, the editors look at them, they might make suggestions, they usually send it back to the author to review the suggestions. We have to be sure as authors, we take our ego out of our words and look at Are they advising me on ways that will better communicate my message to the audience and work with them back and forth, make a decision whether we accept the edits and go forward, and if we don't, we go elsewhere, you know. But usually, especially in these groups, they're trying to do their very best to maintain, sustain our voice and put it in the best light possible to get it out there for people to enjoy. So be aware that there's a process back and forth one of the great benefits I see of newsletter publications is introducing us and getting us comfortable to that give and take in the submission and editing process. So I just wanted to mention that. And Yes. And thank
0: you for saying that, Kathy. We need to keep our egos out of it. You're going to get healthy feedback. I recently, that's why I said I know what how long 500 to 600 words is, Because I think it was 1400 words or something, and I needed to bring it down to 500 Mm -hmm. words. And you know what? It was tighter, it was better. That continually enhances my writing from taking something that's long and bringing it down to a tighter piece with less words. Excellent. Next up, we have Carol Mackey. Thank you. Oh, well, how interesting.
6: hope everyone gets excited about submitting things and, as you just said, get my ego out of the way. Two things. Um, one is the, uh, from my limited experience in submitting things, it's really important to go to the submission guidelines because there's details in there. Do they want it within an email? Do they want it as a separate Document how do they want it, whatever publication it might be, and that's crucial. I have found. Do they want it double space, single space? What font? Some have a clear idea of what they want to do. But the other question I had for each of the editors is: there something that you see frequently from us as submitting people? What you don't need to do that, or could you please? And it shows up pretty routinely, and you just deal with it every time. But if you could just put the word out, it would be helpful. Thank you.
1: Kind of things to watch out for
2: in our writing? Yes, there's two that I can think of right off the top of my head. I've gotten several articles recently that have had people's names. And as I'm starting the proofreading process, at the top of the article, I'll notice it's spelled one way. And then as I go down through the article, it's spelled one or two or three other different ways. And by the end of the article, I'm confused as to which one's correct. Or people who introduce somebody at the start of the article and reintroduce and reintroduce and reintroduce. That takes up a lot of space.
1: And I think be sure we spell check before we submit. That too. That really helps. <laughs>
3: <laughs> yes, because uh, we have a, at least one person, and I think two, that do everything on their cell phone, mm-hmm. and they don't spell check it. And it makes it very difficult sometimes to figure out what they're trying to say. And I've had to send it back and say, "What you know, what is this? And the other thing I've noticed is that sometimes people just repeat the same article basically every time they submit it. And I know they want to get the word out. I I don't mean that I don't want them to get the word out, but I think readers don't want to continue to read the same thing every time. Yes. Because
4: if you're using a screen reader and you're dictating this, you really need to go back through and not use speech or have someone else look at your article. Mm -hmm. Because if you're using voiceover, sometimes you have the word. An example is the word would would they do something and it's spelled w o o d so Mm -hmm. those little things if you have a friend that can you can send it to and they can read it in braille or or even if you can do it that makes a big difference Mm -hmm. next up is cindy i have a question for everyone regarding poetry is there any type of poem you wouldn't accept
3: i haven't run across anything yet
1: This is Kathy. Would I want to mention the ACB Code of Conduct in that respect? That it would not be disrespectful to any group or anything like that?
3: Yeah, uh, that that sounds good to me.
1: A few years ago, I
2: did get a poem that was, shall we say, full of four-letter words. I said, no. Yeah, yeah. I won't take that.
4: Yeah, that's kind of what I was getting at with language or subject matter, maybe. Next, we can go to Stephanie.
3: People do repeat the same thing over and over. I mean, how could that be eliminated? I basically told the person that they needed to wait till the next issue and that I appreciated their submission, but that they, if they could, I suggested something else that they could write about. And so they didn't submit anything for the next issue, but they did after that. You know, you have to be careful with people. You don't want to hurt their feelings, but... You also kind of have to guide them sometimes.
2: Next, mm-hmm. we can go to Elise. Hi, I just had a quick question. So, I tend to write things that reach two genres, not quite cross genre, but there's different, um, you know, elements involved in a piece of writing. But it will be, of course, related to the guidelines. So, I'm curious. Sometimes I have a hard time figuring out how to label my work, how important is that for me to figure out before submitting? Well, for me, the labeling isn't a problem. I just want to get a look at the piece, see how, how long it is, whether it meets the guidelines and the uh, code of conduct. If it deals better with, say, the theme for issue X as opposed to issue Y, that kind of thing. Labels aren't important. I just want to know what it is, what it's about, and where I can fit it in.
3: Yeah, I'm the same way. Obviously, if it's a poem, you don't need to label things.
4: I think we would agree. We all three agree.
1: Yes. So I would say from a broader perspective with other publications beyond these newsletters, if you can't quite tell which category your submission fits in, go ahead and write a very kind note to the editor. And say, I'm not asking you to review this, but could you help me identify which category to submit my work in? And let them help you decide. Make it clear you're not asking them to review it at the time, but you're just asking for direction. Thank you.
0: You have one person, Lisa G.
7: If one of us become published by your organization, do I, as a writer, still own the work so I can submit it to another organization? or all three of you, please.
2: Yes. We generally request that you or they, whoever is going to publish it next, get reprint permission from us, but you still own the
7: work. And who is that speaking?
2: This is Sharon from the Braille Forum.
7: Sharon, thank you.
3: This is Sally from the White Cane uh, Bulletin. Yes, you, you would still own it. But I mean, it's like somebody this time submitted an article from another affiliate newsletter. You just have to put you got permission to use the person's article.
7: So if I published it with you, Sally, I would ask
1: you if I could republish it? Yes. Thank you. Patty, what's the policy with vision access?
4: It is your work. I think if you would like to publish it, I'll give an example. I wrote an article for Virgin Access. I sent it to Sharon myself, and it got republished. I mean, it wasn't the next month, but it was republished. So to me, it would be up to the author.
1: So in the publishing world, some publications, when you are accepted for your work to be published, you sign an agreement and you hand over the copyright to them. This is what part of what Lisa is referring to, because we've talked about this a little, she and I have. And you hand over the copyright to them, and you have to ask permission. In other cases, there is a statement or you sign a document that you retain the copyright, but they request you ask permission. And that's what two of our panelists have said. A third situation is, you retain the copyright and you don't have to ask permission. And this is what Patty seems to have experienced, if I'm right. Right. So that is a question to do diligence and check with each of your places that you're submitting so that you know the policy. But even when you take your own work, you have copyright to it and you put it in somewhere else. In fairness, you should at the bottom say, this was previously published in XYZ on such and such a date. That was a very good question. Thank you for asking that one. Mm -hmm.
0: Thank you, Lisa. Thank you, ladies, for being here with us. We really appreciate you being here and all of of your information, knowledge, and everything you do. We all appreciate what you do. So thank you so much for being here with us. And I'm going to tell you next week's prompt for 100 words or less. You are taking (laughs) a walk in the woods. And all of a sudden, you come across a place for time travel. What happened next, Kathy? (laughs) That will
5: be a
1: fun one. I did good, right? I said, You did well. I had to rein her in, folks. She had that going on forever, but I got you the short version. Cheryl, would would it be cheating if we did a like you go in your
0: mind? And travel? It doesn't have to be a cave. You just all of a sudden go time travel. That's good. Oh, okay. Okay. I had to just keep it short because I was going to give you all kinds of options, <laughs> but... My editor suggested I just say what happens next.
1: Yeah. She had, how do you feel? What did you see? Where did you go? (laughs) 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 And I said, sweetie, some folks are memorizing this. Give them a break. We do that to each Um, other constantly. We we have fun with each other, Cheryl and I do. I'm glad you gave us a hundred mm-hmm. words, and I and I sympathize with
5: you, Cheryl, with the length. I am so oh, oh. oh. every oh, time yeah, we do I these.
0: <laughs> well, you know, Kathy and I have done something together one time, and it was published, I think, in the for the Braille Forum, and we had it long, and we had to bring it down, and I brought it down, and Kathy uh, said she didn't even know what I took out. Really, when you think of it, there are a lot of words in there that aren't necessary when you go back and read your stuff. You really have to focus and get rid of the backstory,
5: get rid of the embellishments and stuff and just get right Mm -hmm. to it, right to the
0: point. Yeah, that's why having word limits is good. It's teaching us how to be succinct in a short amount of time. And my editor keeps me clean and tells me three words. What happens next? And she does it with love. Absolutely.
1: Absolutely. And we do
0: it with love with all of you, too. So this week's prompt was, I am a tree. First up, we have Marlene Massot. Thank you, Chanel. Hi, everyone. White birch.
5: I think that I shall never see a thing as lovely as a birch tree. My bark white, strong and tall. My leaves change colors in the fall. I am the proud granite state tree. Robert (laughs) Frost has written about me. My hardwood in the White Mountains is
0: found, also in New England, all around, and. Very nice. Thank you, Marlene. Next up, we have Jane Tolino. When I think about a tree, I think about what it's like to
5: be me. I start out with a lot of roots that go through the ground. They just scoot, scoot. But then there's one, significantly, that is attacking for the likes of me. Now, there are a lot of pieces of me, from age to ability to color to class, to education, employment, ethnicity, economics, to faith, to family, to gender oh boy, to here's what I look like, appearance, shape, a size, and then there's political stuff. Then there's race and then there's sex. So all of these things have roots into the culture and the culture shapes me. But most of all, there's that central root, the tap root that says most about who I'll be. For me, that taproot is faith. And trust. That there's something bigger than all our cuts. I thank you for a taproot. That gives me food. Connects me to sunshine. And keeps
1: me food. And that's it.
0: Thank you. Beautiful.
1: Very beautiful. Yes.
0: Hello. Hi. Okay. I am Cedar. My fragrant boughs are sacred. I purify. A sprig in their moccasins
8: keeps the people safe. I am one of the holy plants with tobacco, sage, and sweetgrass for the first peoples. I am a blessed connection to the great mystery.
1: Very beautiful. Thank you. Thank you.
8: you.
0: And educational. Thank you. Marcia. did you want to read?
8: I am an oak tree. Have you ever really noticed my majesty? sat down under my impressive branches? Have you ever noticed all I do for the name of nature? I provide homes for birds, squirrels, and a multitude of critters and insects, and also shade and building materials for humans. And ponder this all from being a tiny acorn.
0: Wow. Thank you.
8: I am one of the most famous trees of all times. I have beautifully shaped leaves that kids used creatively in past days. I grow almost everywhere because of my hardiness, but mostly in the northeast and north. And in the fall, throngs of people travel miles upon miles to see my red and yellow leaves. Who am I? Maple tree. There you go.
1: Good one. That was fun. Tabitha. Hello. I think it's really interesting how this prompt seemed to kind of lead into kind of a a more poetic response than, than prose. So this, I actually I wrote this immediately after the call, within like the first three minutes, and I I kept it pure. I did not go back. Um, so you're getting the raw version. <laughs> okay. I am a tree, a weeping willow, a willow that weeps. I am rooted, but I flow. I reach and bend, swirl and tangle, shelter and tickle, enfold and release. I trail long tendrils in the stream causing ripples with few effects. I tease the wind and welcome the rain. I am my own shelter, spacious, not empty. Beautiful. Wow. Cheryl, you you were right. This is a powerful one. This is, people have really responded to this one. Go for it, Marcia.
8: I, I got up and I did it every morning. Okay, I'm an apple tree. I wondered where I came from until some sweet little girl read a story under my limbs. Describing a special boy named Johnny Appleseed, who traveled <laughs> everywhere spreading seeds. Seems he knew the value nutrition that only I could provide for man and beast.
1: Please <laughs> check out our website at writingworkswonders.com. Click writing prompts, and you will see several people have posted their I am a tree responses. And it is a great opportunity. Thank you, everybody, for another amazing episode of Writing Works Wonders. Thank you, Sharon, Patty, and Sally. Thank you for all our participants. The show notes will include the websites and contact information for each of these wonderful publications. Please send them the best of your best work. They deserve it. Don't miss next Friday, March 4th. Be here, 1 p.m. Eastern. It's Longmire time. Gather your cowboy hats and boots. Craig Johnson, author of Longmire, the Wyoming-based crime series, will be on Writing Works Wonders. And then, March 11th, you've been waiting for it. It's coming! The 1st of 2022, a Writing Works Wonders open mic event. And the sign-up is already on the website. Sign up to reserve your spot in the lineup reservations are not required but encouraged we want to celebrate your talent
0: thank you for joining us today on writing works wonders kathy and i are thrilled to spend time with you a tap on that button says subscribe so you will not miss our show you can also tap on the link for writingworkswonders.com it'll take you directly to all the show notes and information that we shared today then you can sign up to receive the Zoom link so that you can be live with us when we are recording. You can also contact us at info at writingworkswonders.com. Our phone number is 347-467-0221. We also have a donate button. All donations go to technical expenses that Kathy and I incur in order to keep this podcast going. Kathy and I want you to feel encouraged and inspired and know the wonder in writing. And until next time, our friends, keep on writing.
2: Opinions expressed on ACB Radio are those of the respective program contributors and cannot be assumed to serve as endorsements of products or views of the American Council of the Blind, its elected officials, or its staff.